Hello and welcome to this Linklater's podcast on payments regulation. I'm joined on the line by one of our usual payments regulation experts, Harry Eddis. And with us today is Rory Conway, a partner from the Linklater's dispute resolution team. You'll be pleased to hear that Rory is not joining us today to resolve a dispute between me and Harry, but instead to kick off the first of a few short episodes where we'll be talking about insolvency in the payment sector. This is particularly relevant because the government has just put the final touches to a new special administration regime for payments and e-money institutions. So, Rory, what does that new administration regime mean? Yes, hi, Simon. Well, it's a recognition that when payment institutions and e-money institutions become insolvent, they need to be dealt with in a way that's different from most other insolvent businesses. In particular, a critical feature that makes PIs and EMIs different from many other businesses that become insolvent is that they not only have creditors to whom they're indebted, but also customers whose money they hold. And that means that you have, on the one hand, the assets of the institution itself, and those fall to be um, distributed evenly among lenders and unpaid suppliers in the usual way. But then on the other hand, you have the funds that the institution is self-safeguarding for customers. And those funds are separate from the company's assets and not subject to the provisions of an ordinary insolvency regime. And so is that safeguarding, uh, which is what makes payments and e-money institutions different from other types of business. Harry, why do you think the government is, is acting now? Uh, well, Simon, what you ideally don't want is for the insolvency of the PI or EMI and the process of divvying up its assets amongst its creditors and returning assets back to uh, customers to lead to significant delays and costs. And this is something that the government is particularly worried about because recent insolvency proceedings uh, involving PIs and EMIs have been slow to return funds to customers. And, and these funds are things like salaries and uh, small business funds. So things that really keep the economy uh, ticking over. And looking back, this reminds me of the Lehman experience. That was a very long insolvency process. In fact, it's still going on through the courts and it's left many legal practitioners somewhat scarred. But it became a trigger for changing the administration rules for investment banks to fix some of those short shortcomings um, in the process and returning cash to uh, customers. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, actually, Lehman was a phenomenally successful insolvency, of course, uh, in the end, uh, with creditors being fully repaid with, with, with significant interest. But the administrators faced significant challenges in the early years of that process as they tried to work out who was owed what and return client assets and client money back to Lehman's customers. And you know, that resulted in various trips to court and therefore delays in clients getting their assets back. And indeed, Rory, that was exactly what um, the government was trying to address. Um, it was some of those issues highlighted by Lehman that the, was the reason behind the government uh, introducing a special res administration regime for investment banks. And it's that regime that the government has used as the basis for its new regime for payment and e-money institutions. Well, let's turn our attention now to uh, that new regime. Uh, Rory, I won't ask you to go through every aspect of it, but um, perhaps you could pick out some of the, the key features which are going to be carried over from the special administration regime that applies to investment banks and are now being carried over to payments firms. Yeah, there's quite a lot of interesting stuff in there, but, but here are a few points to note. Firstly, uh, the administrator is being given an express objective to return customer funds as soon as reasonably practical. 
that's an, a new objective that will sit alongside the more standard administration objective of rescuing the company or winding it up in the best interest of creditors. Secondly, uh, the administrator will be empowered to set bar dates for claims to customer funds. That basically means setting a deadline for claims. And once the bar date has passed, that allows the administrator to be confident as to the aggregate claims on the pot of available funds and thus to hopefully get on with distributing it much more quickly. And thirdly, uh, there's a new mechanism being introduced to help transfer customer funds to another solvent institution in the form of a block transfer and therefore apply to sort of enable customers to much more quickly access those funds. Uh, Rory, if I could just jump in there, because I find this one quite an interesting uh, one, because this hasn't been actually taken from the special administration regime for investment banks, um, but does um, bear a lot of resemblance to something that was introduced by Emir for transferring client cleared positions, where uh, effectively a client can uh, request uh, all of its positions and margin to be moved from a defaulting clearing member to a solvent uh, clearing member. And in theory, this this porting of, of client assets uh, means that it should be much quicker to restore clients' assets, uh, sorry, clients' access uh, to their money. But it does leave quite a key issue, which is um, whose assets are they? Uh, this really is two questions. One is um, which assets are part of the, of the relevant pool to be transferred uh, or not? And then secondly, who has the entitlement to those uh, particular assets? And porting client funds is only going to be helpful if you actually have an answer to both of those questions, and particularly who has the entitlement. As um, a PI or an EMI who is receiving uh, funds from a defaulting PI or EMI is not going to want to disperse funds to uh, clients unless it knows that they have an entitlement and that there isn't going to be a shortfall in, in those funds. So that there's no future callback risk for that particular PI and uh, EMI. So there are still quite significant issues, I think, with this particular uh, right under the new special administration regime. And Rory, is there anything else that um, you think is worth highlighting about the new regime? Yeah, there, there's a requirement that the administrator, following the setting of any bar date, prepare a written plan for how he intends to go about affecting the return of customer funds and then to seek the court's approval of that plan. That's known as a distribution plan, and it's a really significant feature. It means that the administrator can tailor the returns process to fit the particular situation, thus you know, afford, affording greater flexibility. Now, customers get the opportunity to have a say if they disagree with aspects of the plan, but once approved, administrators can act more confidently and hopefully therefore return funds more quickly safe in the knowledge that their proposals have the sanction of the court. Uh, this feature appears in the existing special admin regime for investment banks. And one thing we've done when acting for administrators in that context is to provide in the plan itself that it can be amended by the administrators during the course of the administration so as to cater for unanticipated or changing circumstances. And this can add even greater flexibility to the tool and therefore speed up the process even further. And I imagine then speeding things up not only gets money back sooner, but can also keep costs down. Uh, Harry, what does the new regime have to say about costs? Well, 
It's interesting because, I mean, allocating costs on an insolvency is always a, a tricky and potentially divisive uh, issue, as in essence, the greater the cost, the less of the return to um, creditors and can be to customers. So it's important that um, costs can be kept down as far as possible. One of the key differences between the regime for investment banks and that for PIs and EMIs um, at the moment is that for investment banks, there's a compensation scheme which covers customer losses and costs. And in a uh, in insolvency, particularly for investment banks and in Lehman, the FSCS scheme did effectively um, a lot of the heavy lifting, but it doesn't apply for payment institutions or e-money institutions. Um, so it's, it's an important point um, because a significant majority of the costs have effectively in the in investment bank insolvencies have ultimately been borne by the compensation scheme and not by customers. And that's a key difference um, still for PI and EMI insolvencies, even under this new special administration regime. That's, that's right. Yeah, yeah. There, there have been instances where customers under the investment bank regime, thinking that their ring-fenced assets and funds were essentially impervious to losses, appear to have been taken somewhat unawares by the fact that the costs of an insolvency distribution process might need to be taken from those assets and funds. Now, that was one of the most contentious issues that arose in a recent case that we acted on, which was the Beaufort Securities Special Administration. And in the end there, the fact that the FSCS was, was there to compensate customers for those costs took the heat very much out of that issue. But it will be really interesting to see how much more contentious the issue of costs and their allocation turns out to be in the context of a PI or EMI insolvency under the new regime in the absence of FSCS cover. Thank you very much, Rory and Harry. And there is a summary of the incoming special administration regime for payments firms on the Linklater's Knowledge Portal. If you have any questions or topics you would like us to cover in future episodes, you can tweet at Linklaters Tech or email fintech.podcasts at linklaters.com. Until next time, thank you very much for listening and goodbye.